This is the 210 Podcast, where we show you how to have more as a busy professional woman while still enjoying the mommy life. We are your hosts, Dr. Amy Steele and Dr. Carol Bruxton. Well, hey, Carol, how's it going? It's going well. How are you? I am doing great. I'm excited to talk about our topic today because I feel like it affects a lot of women, particularly after we become moms. And that topic is big dreams, big plans versus reality. So I want to start off by saying, you know, we have dreams in our lives. Usually as little girls, we have these big, robust dreams. We know who we want to marry or what kind of person we want to marry, where we (laughs) want to go, (laughs) what we want to do, right? Did you have that kind of fairy tale? Oh, yes. I it had, it all, had, it all, had it all mapped out and written out and had a big plan. <laughs> yes. And did you used to play MASH? <laughs> I did. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yes, definitely. And I always was going to live in a huge mansion and have all these people helping me to raise my family and just, you know, <laughs> I had all these dreams, right? Yes. And I think as, as little girls, we have these dreams, we have these plans. And then we, you know, go through school and we get to college and we have even more plans right before we get to college and high school. You know, we may set out and say, these are the things that we're going to accomplish in our lives. And then slowly but surely, reality starts to set in, right? Slowly but surely, we start to see that, you know, the things that I thought were going to happen a certain way don't quite happen the way I think they should happen. And so, we find ourselves asking, you know, what happens? Like, what do we do when our dreams don't really match our reality? And so that's the focus of today's episode. So Carol, why don't you tell us about some of the dreams you had from childhood and kind of how did they play out in your reality? Okay, so I'll start with when I was 14 years old. I was trying to figure out what do you, you know, what do I want to do when I grow up or what have you? And I actually had a Sunday school teacher that was a pharmacist and she told me all about it. And when I was in school, I had an opportunity to apply for a scholarship and they asked, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go with pharmacy. And so I applied for that scholarship and I actually got that scholarship. It wasn't a, like a large scholarship. It was maybe like $500 at the time. And, you know, looking at my circumstance, I grew up in a single parent home. So if you looked at my circumstance, ideally, I was a high risk to maybe not make it or that not to happen for me because my mom, she could not afford to send me to college. And my dad wasn't there during my life. And the odds were against me. But because of what my mom instilled in me about having faith and having a goal and having dreams and pushing towards those dreams and pushing towards those goals, I just had a made up mind that, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm here, you know, coming from a small, I'm a small town girl living in Walcola County. And I had that dream and I had that passion. I had the example before me to say, you know what? I can do it. I can, I believe I really can do this. And so that's what I did. I worked hard in school and I studied and I was focused and I was, and I was determined. It wasn't easy. But I was able, you know, to push through. And in in all of that, I got married young and I had my children young and I wasn't even finished with school yet. And I went through pharmacy school 
with my five children. And so that in itself, being married wow. and having five children is a challenge all by itself. And there wow. were times that my, I felt like my dream wasn't going to happen because I did. I had to go on bed rest with some of my children. And so there were times it was like, mm, I, you know, I do want to be a pharmacist, but I, I don't know. You know, I might need to change this dream. You know, sometimes you look at your dreams and you think to yourself, maybe I should consider doing something else that would be so much more easier and something so much, you know, convenient. But I had to, I was, I was determined. I didn't want to give up. And my husband's like, I, you can do this. You, you're good enough. You're smart enough. You can do this. And you have my full support. And so, you know, we talk about our children and sometimes they can, be a handful, but you know, they really motivated me. They, they're the ones that kept me going when I was like, should I change? Should I give up? And I look at those kids and say, you know what? It's not just me. It's not about just me making a dream, but it's also about them. And it was just nice to have them see me study and work hard. And so I know I've instilled something in them to say, you know what? If mom did it, you know, I can too. And to not to just give up because, you know, I had that dream and I had to push forward. And, you know, sometimes you want to give up, but you can't. You have to keep going and remember, you know, what's the purpose of this? It's not about just getting having a dream and reaching it. But your dream is going to impact so many people's lives because you're going to work in. You'll be working in your purpose. Hopefully, when you're in your career and you're giving your bit, you're putting your best self forward, you're going to impact people's lives. So your dream, other people are waiting on you to fulfill your dream so that they can have someone before them to let them know you you know what? You can do it too. Right. Well, I love that, Carol. And I, you know, I just want to point out a couple things that you said. You said that, you know, your husband was one of your biggest supporters and he encouraged you and motivated you throughout your journey. So how did his support and his encouragement kind of keep you focused and keep you going? Yes, he is my biggest cheerleader. I have to say that. And I had to go back because my, me and my husband met when I was just 15 years old. So we literally grew up together. <laughs> and so we always, we always had these plans and talk about our dreams. You know, I'm going to be a pharmacist and he was talking about becoming a coach or what have you. So we always had those dreams and we would talk about it and, have it all mapped out and, but you don't think about like, okay, there's some bumps and hills and valleys and mountains in the road. You just have this right. idea that love conquers all, but you know, love don't pay bills. Right. <laughs> <Love> <laughs> <fixing> Hello. <laughs> you know, but we had them and we just kept dreaming and we kept talking about, you know, when we, when we get there, all these great things that we're going to get done. And so that was the great thing about being married, having someone to go to, to be your friend and to talk to and to dream with. Because when you are down, they can kind of step in, step in and say, you know what? We, we said it. We're going to do it. We're going to dream it and it's going to happen because sometimes you give up. But when you have that spouse that you can turn to and they say, no, no, we can do it. You know, you can have that person in, in, in the back of, in behind you cheering you on saying, you can do it. I know you can do this. If you, if we hang in there, we can dream together, but and we can make that dream a reality. So when you have those hard times, you can kind of lean on each other and be strong for each other. And that is so true. You know, our spouses do that for us and. For some women listening, it may be their spouse, it may be their family member, their mom, their dad, their sibling, or a close relative, or just a best friend, you know, to keep us yes. motivated. Now, I also heard you say that there were times when you thought, I don't know if this dream is for me, but you stuck to it. So what do you think was like the one thing that kind of helped you stay focused on your dream when all of these reality obstacles kept popping up? 
I just wanted so much more for my children because I grew up not having a whole lot and I didn't have my dad in my life and I just know what I wanted. I wanted a family and I wanted to be married and I wanted my children to have the father in their life and I wanted us to just have a good foundation and have generational wealth and just achieve all that we can and just be that example for them and just seeing my kids and knowing what I wanted for them and the life that I wanted for them, it pushed me when I wanted to give up. It was like, no, you can do this because it's not just you. It's not just about you and what you want. And because, you know, sometimes we can just get comfortable and say, you know what? You know, I can give up on the stream and take the easy road. And that in some time, but you know what? The easy road can be just as hard. You know, life can be just as hard just being comfortable. So why not allow it to be hard and achieve your dream and live in your purpose? I would rather, you know, deal with that because the hard times are going to come whether you accomplish your dream or, dreams or not. So why settle for not achieve, achieving your dreams when you can just go forward and achieve them and just suffer maybe for just a little while? You know, some journeys are longer than others, but go ahead and, and push through that suffering because, you know, at the end, the reward is there and you're going to flourish and prosper for yourself and your your spouse and your kids and those that you're connected to, you're going to also be an example to them and, and you bless someone else with your life and your story as well. And it's just not about you, but it was about my family and it was about my children. It was just about my future and all that I, the, the dream that I had wasn't just about me. And that stuck with me. It's not just me about me achieving this dream. It's for those that are connected to me. Right. Wow. That is so powerful. I thank you so much for sharing your story. That's incredible. Yes. And so now it's your turn, Amy. Can you go into the details of your story and how, even though your dreams didn't maybe match your reality, can you share with us how things went for you? Interestingly enough, I met my husband also when I was about 14 years old. <laughs> he was 18 <laughs> and I was 14. So we literally just met. We didn't do anything else. We just met and meet again until I turned 18. But we met at the age of 14. That was a pivotal year for me. It was pivotal because I grew up in a military family. But prior mm -hmm. to becoming a military family, I lived in a very poor section of Houston, Texas, which is where I'm from. I was actually born to two teenage parents. My parents were 14 when they had me. So they oh, wow. were Can young. I just say something real quick? I didn't know that my mom was 16 when she had me. Are you serious? We have wow. so much in common. Yes, my mom gave <laughs> me was 16. Yes, and another thing that we have in common. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So my mom and my dad were both 14 when they had me. I actually saw my mom graduate high school. I was five years old. It was very interesting growing up because we kind of grew up as siblings. And yes. I was raised by my, my grandmother. <laughs> were you raised by your grandma, too? My, my great-grandmother, my um, mom's mom, she passed away from cancer. And so my great-grandmother took in six children. She took in her six grandkids and helped raise them. And then she turned around and helped her raise her great-grandchildren. <laughs> wow. Incredible. I, I tell you, we have some great roots, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes. So, you know, growing up in that environment, it, it in my heart of hearts, I knew I was destined for more, but I didn't really know how I was going to get there. My dad went into the military and instantly we became a military family. And I always tell people I'm not a military brat, even though that means like British <laughs> resident traveler. That's really where it's, it comes from. And I, I don't think many people know that, but that's where <laughs> the word brat comes from. But anyway, I was an attached traveler, military brat, <laughs> and traveled all around the world. You know, we moved to Japan when I was eight years old. 
And I grew up there for about three and a half years, came back to Texas and life happened and then eventually moved to North Carolina and met my husband. And so I say all that to say, you know, 14 was a pivotal year for me because that was the year my mom had me. So it was also the year or the age where, you know, it's almost like my family were, they were looking at me saying, you know, are you going to also have a child? Are you going to mess up? Are you going to do this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I know. I know. Yeah. You're like, I don't, I don't know what this year is going to be like, but I'm trying not to mess up. I'm trying not to do things I shouldn't do. You know, what, what is it going to be? So it was a very pivotal year. And that's the year I met my husband. Anyway, fast forward. I wanted, when I lived in Japan, or let's rewind a little bit, when I lived in Japan at the age of 10, I had a party, my birthday party. My birthday's in June, so I always have a summer birthday. And no one can ever come to my party because all my friends are always home. You know, they're gone or in the military, they always went back to their homes for the summer Mm -hmm. and then, you know, came back to the military base. So people couldn't come to my party for like three years straight. So that particular year, I had one girl, her name was Tara, and Tara came to my party and it, I had an Air Force F-16 fighter jet on my cake. That was my cake because I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Oh, so wow. at the age of 10, yes, honey, I knew I wanted to be a fighter <laughs> pilot and I wanted to go into the United States Air Force. So wow. fast forward to age 14, met my husband, you know, that life just kind of, you know, meandered through high school, finished high mm-hmm. school. And I earned a scholarship to the Air Force Academy and also the Air Force ROTC scholarship. Actually, I was admitted to West Point, the Naval Academy and the Air Force Academy, and then earned the Air Force ROTC scholarship, the Navy ROTC scholarship and the Army mm-hmm. ROTC scholarship. Oh, awesome. So I earned $775,000 worth of scholarships that year. Wow. And I was destined to go into the Air Force and become an F-16 fighter pilot. And I wanted to be one of the, (laughs) yes, I wanted to be one of the first black female pilots, like fighter pilots. So big dreams, (laughs) big dreams, big dreams. That's what I wanted to do with my life. And so I met my husband officially again that summer before I went to college. And, you know, we just talked, decided to start dating one another and then decided that maybe the Air Force wasn't for me. And that's where you come to that crossroads about your dream. And oh, yeah. do you really, you know, what's the reality of going into the Air Force <laughs> and becoming a fighter pilot, right? Oh, will yeah. I live? What will happen? Ultimately, I made a decision to not go into the Air Force and I gave up my scholarship and I had to create new dreams instantly. So wow. you talk about having same dream from age 10 to age 18 on that path of your dream and then instantly Mm -hmm. changing at age 18. I had to discover some other things that I enjoyed doing and I decided to go into education, which was also my second passion. And it was another passion of mine to become a public school teacher and to advocate for children. And so in going on that passion and that journey and that dream, the reality of my life set in to where I realized that I have such a love and a passion for kids that I needed to become an advocate for children. And so that's what I've done through my school or through my career as a Spanish teacher, a principal, and ultimately, uh, some people call me the child whisperer because I love children <laughs> and I love whispering discipline and, and, you know, connection oh, yeah. with children, right? So that's kind of my journey and my path. And so I think what happens is when your dreams don't quite match up to your reality, 
you just kind of have to go with your reality and make that your new dream. But don't forget some of those things that you want to do. So I still do want to become a pilot, but I think I'm going to learn how to fly Cessna okay. airplanes, like small airplanes. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's not giving up the dream. So you didn't give up the dream. It just changed. There was a change, a shift in the dream. Exactly. So I'm still interested in learning how to fly, but I am now going to be, you know, involving myself with flight simulation and taking some classes that way so that I can just see what it feels like to be a pilot. But I don't necessarily have to be a commercial pilot or a fighter pilot (laughs) or, you know, what have you. So I think, again, just, you know, having children also magnified the need to be mindful and aware that your life circumstances also will impact your dream. How I chose to interact with my new dreams in a positive way and let them add value to my life instead of being sad or upset. Not that you don't mm-hmm. have those moments, but yeah. instead and of being I, sad upset about the dream not happening the way I wanted it to happen, I just chose to embrace it. And that's, and that's what a question I was going to ask. Well, how did you handle that? Because that could be so disappointing. And sometimes when your dreams don't work out, people tend to just give up and just feel like they're a failure or a disappointment. And maybe even to your family, you know, they're looking at you saying, we want you to make it and to give up your scholarship too. So it's like, wow, how did you get through that disappointment? Because at some point I would think there was some type of disappointment there. So how did, how were you able to get through that? Well, and and you're right. There was some disappointment there. There was some doubt and some, you know, maybe second thoughts. Like, did I do the right thing? Is this the right choice? Was what I, you know, wanted originally the right thing? Or am I am I now doing the wrong thing by changing my mind? So I went through all those emotions. And I would say the way I won, the way I handled it or what I did was I chose to pray consistently. And I prayed mm-hmm. to God. So I chose to pray to God to ask for peace and understanding and just more more peace around the decision because I felt peaceful when I made the decision. And Mm -hmm. so by the time that happened, I had already prayed about it. I'd already gotten peace that this was what I was supposed to do. But then you always have that second thought kind of a couple of weeks later, a couple months later, like, oh my gosh, did I do that? (laughs) What happened? What, What was it all about? You know, I remember... When I was in my senior year trying to pass the Department of Defense Medical Examination Review Board, that was Mm -hmm. a doozy of a health exam. And I had to pass that in order to qualify for the scholarship. And it took me the whole year, the whole 10 months of my senior year to pass. And so Mm -hmm. that was a task. But uh, honestly, through prayer and through just being okay with the decision. Like I just had to say to myself, this is the right decision for me today. And every day I had to pep talk myself when I had those doubts about whether or not I was making the right decision. I had to pep talk myself. You're making the right decision. You have peace about this. Now move on. And that's what I chose to do. Awesome. That's a great testament of persevering and moving forward, even when we're disappointed and life doesn't go our way. That's so awesome to hear. Yes. So I would say, you know, as we look at what kind of advice would we offer to moms who are in similar situations, I would say, again, embrace where you are. There are moments where life will not go the way you want it to go. And so you have two choices. You can lament about it, have a pity party, 
uh, sad fest, you know, all those things. And I've had all of the above. And I'm sure you too, you have too, Carol, right? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. You can choose to embrace the reality of where you are and still keep your dream within your viewpoint and figure out how you're still going to accomplish it. Or you can stay in that sad place and not move forward. So you're either going to stay still or you're going to move forward. And sometimes people go backwards. I would encourage each of us to keep your dreams in your in your view. And as we go along throughout the month of January, but also throughout the year, we're going to be talking about how to plan and how to have your goals before you on a consistent basis. But it is essential to keep your dreams in your view so that you can continue to set a goal around what it is that you want to accomplish. And if your dream changes, you can set new goals. So make sure my advice to any woman, particularly moms, is to keep your dreams in your view, in your eyesight. Cause you know, there, there comes a time when you give up your dreams or you don't pay attention to what you want to do and you put the needs of your children and your husbands and everything else before what you want to do. Eventually you will, you could grow seeds or roots of bitterness to where you feel mm-hmm. like everyone else is to blame for why you didn't accomplish what you wanted to accomplish. And we've really got to change that narrative and start to look internally as to why we didn't accomplish what we wanted to accomplish. How about you, Carol? What advice would you give to moms? Okay. My advice I would give to give to moms is that your mindset is so important. How you think about your circumstance, because you can allow it to discourage you and you get stuck, or you can look at it and from a positive standpoint and say, you know what, whatever is meant for me is for me. I might, my dream might be delayed or my dream might be changed, but I'm still going to move forward to fulfill my dream. So we just have to start with our mindset. And that's so important beginning of the year because every year we make New Year's resolutions, but, and then we go throughout the year, they kind of fall by the wayside, but let this year be different. Let this year be, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to think it. I'm going to dream it. You write it down and it'll come to pass, but you have to have the right mindset to get there. Absolutely. I completely agree. And this episode, again, was about what happens when your big dreams, your big plans are contrary to your reality. And I think we've done an excellent job of capturing how Mm -hmm. our dreams informed our reality or how we changed our dreams to be our reality. So thank you, Carol, for sharing. Thank you. This is a great topic and got me all excited. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening to the 210 podcast where we shine light on topics for busy moms. Be sure to leave a comment and download this episode. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day. 